slept a wink last night Cause I could hardly wait To wake up this morning on game day I barely slept a wink last night Cause I could hardly wait To wake up and listen to the CB90 podcast on Friday Welcome to episode 64 of Cacks by 90 I am your host, show me your TDs There is nothing better than waking up and listening to Big Old Cock by Patrick Davis on this beautiful Friday. Thank you all once again for tuning in. We've got a great episode in front of us, and I appreciate you all taking time to turn on your radio, turn on your speakers, turn on whatever you've got to listen to Cox by 90, because you all are the reason why I do this, and I'm excited for this episode. We have a ton of things to cover, a lot of positive things to cover, and I can't wait till my guys from Gamecock Berman Society join us a little bit here later on. But since we've all last talked and been together, me on one side of the mic, you on one side of the speaker, we've had something big happen. Something really big happened. We are national champions of the world. Our Gamecock women went out and defeated a plethora of teams across three different sites and were able to put the cherry on top when we knocked off Gio Oriema and those Yukon Huskies to claim the 2021 Women's National Championship. Take a second to take that all in. The Gamecocks and National Champion associated in one sentence all together, and you're not dreaming. This is reality. We are a dominant women's basketball program. That has the word dynasty written all over it right now. It's great to be a part of. It's great to walk around with that block C on your chest, knowing that you and myself and everybody else that's a Gamecock fan is a national champion. Don Staley has done what probably a lot of people thought couldn't be done here at South Carolina, and that's build a dynasty. We've won two national championships within the last five years. We've got top-ranked recruiting classes, top-ranked transfer classes. It is a great time to be a Gamecock if you're a women's basketball fan. And I say that because it's not always puppies and roses with our sports programs. Quite frankly, the women's basketball program is the only one right now that we can really hang our hat on. We are trending positive, positive momentum with the football program. No doubt about it. Baseball is tough to watch. Basketball might become almost irrelevant if we don't turn it around soon. And I think that that's why it's been tough for me to get back behind the mic for the past month and a half. Or a little over a month. Because I don't like talking negative about the Gamecocks. I hate, quite frankly, never saying positive things about the Gamecocks. And it's been extremely tough over these past 45 days. 
to look at our basketball program and watch it fumble a big hire, our baseball program getting swept by the team from the upstate. It just there's just not been a lot of positive things to talk about. Sure enough, in baseball, we have won two out of three against Vandy out of Texas, out of Ole Miss. Sure enough, we've lost to Presbyterian. We've lost to the Citadel. We've gotten spanked by a couple teams. So it, it, it's definitely tough right now as a Yardcocks fan to get behind the mic and try and talk positively about that program. Not to say we can't turn around over these next 15 games, but it is going to be a challenge nonetheless. The news came out, Bosnick out for the season. I think we all saw that coming. You know, If he wasn't back by the beginning of the SEC play, and nothing against him, I had a feeling that it was probably going to be shut down and ultimately that there was something lingering that just wasn't making sense for him to get back on the mound this year because he's got pro potential. He's going to be drafted high the next time he's eligible, and I don't see – I think we've probably seen the last of him in a Gamecocks uniform because when you get in an injury situation like he had this past year where you got the elbow soreness and things of that nature, I think it comes a reality check that, shoot, you know, that next step in regards to getting a professional career, which is what everybody shoots for when you're a kid, if that's getting close to be taken away, do you want to risk it again in college? I would say probably not. So... You look at a big series that we got coming up against Auburn, you got to take, I don't want to say you have to take two or three, but you have to show some positive, positive momentum on the road because quite frankly, our SEC play on the road this year has been atrocious, absolutely atrocious. So that's something I'm looking forward to with the baseball team this weekend. And, you know, when I talk about our basketball program, Our women are in a great spot. Dynasty worthy. The 2020s decade is going to be a fun one for a women's basketball program like the Gamecocks. Our men's basketball program, this is rough. These are rough times. We're treading on some uncharted waters. And I think it, quite frankly, you could use the word irrelevant at this point in time. Because nobody's talking about the basketball program. Nobody, unless it's something that's negatively being said, there's not too many positive things being said about the program. And I think that's very unfortunate because I'm a huge basketball supporter. I believe that South Carolina should be a top SEC basketball program year in and year out. We've done it before. And don't say that you can't do it again. And don't say anything's not possible. That's not the mindset you take into anything. And so watching us fumble through a Sean Miller hire who I thought could have brought relevancy to the program, could have sparked and ignited a flame that has been waiting, been waiting to be ignited, didn't happen for reasons that I will say are probably you all can connect the dots and it's not me, it's not you It might start with an R and it might end with a T. I don't know. But the fact of the matter is, when you look at our basketball program, it's irrelevant. And I hate saying that. You know, we can't get the transfers that we're looking at. Jawan Gary, local product, transferred out of Alabama. Thursday commits to Nebraska. Fedico, I probably pronounced his name wrong. 
transfer, a guy that we thought we had a really good shot at, commits to Pittsburgh. We are absolutely whiffing on prospects that we want in regards to the transfer portal. Just not a good time right now for the men's basketball program. And you're wondering who's heading the ship. Lamont Paris, a guy out of UT Chattanooga, which again, nothing against Lamont. I don't, I have no ill will towards him. I hope that he becomes the best basketball coach that we've ever had here at South Carolina. But you've seen, you know, he was at the spring game. He's, he was at the championship, I think, parade. He was also, when they came back and celebrated winning the regional, he was there. I mean, there was a couple different things that he was a part of. I just, I haven't seen enough of him. You don't have to be a social media cheerleader. But what I'm worried about is the lack of engagement. You know, he he didn't have a Twitter. You don't have to have a Twitter by any means. But the lack of social media engagement in a day and age where that's extremely important is very, very tough to watch. And to see us continuing to lose out on prospects and nothing and the irrelevancy that continues to happen with our basketball program It's just frustrating. It's frustrating for me. I know it's frustrating for you all. And quite frankly, you know, games aren't won in the offseason, but games can be lost in the offseason. And right now, we're we're losing to competition. It's going to be ugly. We're going to have to scrap and claw, and there's going to be a lot of maybe sad basketball days ahead if we can't right the ship quickly. But I'm going to stay positive. You all should stay positive. I just wish that if we had somebody capable up top to close the deal, that we might be talking about Sean Miller as our next head basketball coach at South Carolina. And, and you know, quite frankly, you could look at allegations that he had at Arizona and say, I didn't want that a part of our program. What he was doing at Arizona, <clears throat> now some people could say is legal with NIL. So I don't really know where people stand on that leg. But at the end of the day, I want our basketball team to be talked about amongst the top 25, 35, 40 programs. I want us to have a chance for the NCAA tournament every year. And I hope that Lamont can bring that to us. But I was a lot more hopeful with a Sean Miller-led team here in Columbia, South Carolina. I teased it on Twitter, and I do want to bring it up because I think it is worth noting that a lot of people were – Quite interested if Sean Miller was in Columbia the Thursday before he accepted the Xavier job that weekend. He People were wondering if he was at Halls that Thursday night. I got on Twitter, I tweeted it out, and confirmed he was at Halls. Why does all this matter? Because I think you as a fan deserve to know that an uncredentialed media person like myself can put out that information and not have to worry about having any backlash from the university if they're trying to hide or cover up something. Sean Miller steps into halls, was there roughly, I don't think, any more than 20 to 25 minutes. The women's head basketball coach from South Florida was there. He had engaged in some conversations with him and stepped out the back door, walked his way out through the patio and was not there too long. Confirmation all this happened. He was there by people I trust, people I know, that people laid eyes on him. Why would the Gamecock 
I don't want to say media, but why would anybody inside Gamecock Athletics want you to not know that he was there? Well, the fact is, if you put two and two together, they tell you he wasn't in Columbia, but the next day out of Owens Airport, private plane, leaving Columbia, heading to Cincinnati, right to where Xavier's located at, a place where he was noted at being the next day, that evening. Why would they not want you to know why Sean Miller was in town? Because, and this is an assumption, this isn't me stating a fact, but the fact is we had a chance to close the deal and we didn't. We had a chance to get him hired, give him the things that he needed, the tools and resources to be successful, and quite frankly, we didn't. I believed our team knew that and was trying to cover up the fact that we didn't want Gamecock fans to know how close it was before ultimately it came down that he was going to go accept the Xavier job because he left that next day and never came back. It's irrelevant to the fact that he was at Halls. I want everybody to know that. But what is relevant is the fact that we were close on a big hire that had been worked for for months, and we dropped the ball. And after that, some people described it as a circus from who I've talked to that was close to the situation in regards to how the next hires or the next candidates considering to be hired were handled. And we ended up with Lamont. And again, nothing against Lamont. UT Chattanooga got to the tournament last year, was able to develop a program over five years. So I'm excited to see what he can do. But I didn't want to wait, and I don't want to wait five years for us to be relevant. I want us to be relevant next year. I want the place and Colonial Life Arena to be packed like it was for that Elton John concert Wednesday night. If you saw a picture of that, you know that Colonial Life Arena can have every seat filled And while it might be Elton John, I still think that we could put a product that could be just as exciting at sometimes on that basketball court that could bring enough fans out to put enough butts in seats to make it look like that concert. So I'm hopeful that Lamont can get the train rolling in the right direction. I thought I wanted to share with you all exactly how that went down. Again, he didn't. We wasn't having dinner with Ray Tanner. There wasn't a big meeting there which you would never do that in public. But he had went and met with the South Florida women's head coach. Again, roughly was there no more than 20 to 25 minutes and exited out the door. Never to be seen again in Columbia, South Carolina, unless Xavier somehow gets a non-conference home and away series scheduled the Gamecocks. And I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. I want to win. I want to win bad. I want to win big in every sport. I've got my heart. I've got my soul dedicated to Gamecock sports. And I say that because last Saturday, I saw that same passion out of roughly 40,000 screaming cock fans in Williams-Brice Stadium. What a time it was. Again, I got to spend some time at the Gamecock Bourbon tailgate before the game, and we'll talk about it here a little bit later on with my guys GC and Paul, who we'll be bringing here shortly. But had a blast. Absolute blast before the game. It was a game day type atmosphere. I think everything was first 
top notch. So looking at how everything was set up, when I parked my car at the end of Gamecock Park, closer to the operations building, you could see that they had recruits and their families walking around, being able to engage inside Gamecock Park with other tailgaters, being able to walk around the facilities. It was set up perfectly. It literally couldn't have been set up any better. Kudos to those who put Big Gamecock Weekend together. You had an awesome kickstart to Big Gamecock Weekend with the Women's National Championship Parade that Wednesday evening. You walk into an Ole Miss game that Thursday, which unfortunately we lost, but came back and won the next two on Friday and Saturday. You had the cock trot, the 5K that they did that morning. You had multiple sporting events throughout the weekend outside of baseball and football happening around you. It was a great setup to what I think can be built upon year after year. So I think the Gamecock Club deserves a pat on the back for an absolute outstanding weekend. And when you look at how the spring game was set up, and I talked about with the recruits and the Gamecock Park, but everything, you know, you have Patrick Davis playing in the nice little amphitheater-type area up in the front of Gamecock Park. You've got different things going on in Gamecock Village. There's just a lot of positive things happening before the game that brought out a ton of fans. And when you're trying to build positive momentum, when you're trying to build a great culture, those are the types of things you have to do to create a family-style event like we were able to do last Saturday that helps create memories and brings people back to catch a game in the fall. Taking the little tagline from our Gamecock ticket office and Gamecock club. I love the idea of catch a game, right? And that's what I would say roughly 40,000 Gamecock fans did last Saturday. Although, if you were tuning into Twitter, social media, our guy who counts the amount of people that are in the stands might have thought there was half of that. I'm not going to get into too much of it, but what I'm going to tell you is this. Myself, CB90, drove up to Columbia Saturday. Wanted to make a difference because of Big Gamecock Weekend, because of the emphasis we put on packing the stadium that night. Fortunately, didn't get to spend Easter with my family because I was committed to going to Columbia and supporting our football team. Like many of you all did, you sacrificed your time to make sure that you went to the game to help support our program. And I think ultimately... We did an outstanding job of that. We, us Gamecock fans, made an atmosphere, created an atmosphere that recruits, players, coaches absolutely loved. That were there. But what I have a problem with is that we all sacrificed all that to create something for the better good, create that atmosphere, right? There were people that couldn't make it. It was a holiday weekend. There's recruits that couldn't make it. ESPN, who puts out top 25 polls for attendance of the spring game, they weren't there. They just go by what the calculated reported number is from the university. 
That number from our university was 20,000. I was today years old when I realized that our lower bowl only seats 20,000 people because from pictures that I took and most fans took, the lower bowl was almost full. And by my calculation, the lower bowl seats roughly 40,000 people, give or take. So why myself and others were upset on that reported number of 20,000? Because the word that comes to my mind is lazy. Lazy reporting on the amount of fans in the stands. And that person who reported that number might just be out of touch with what we're trying to build here at Gamecock Nation. We wanted to be the biggest. We wanted to be the baddest. Top five in spring game attendance. And you ask, why does that even matter? Because it shows you're behind the program. It gives you talking points on national media. And when that happens... Bigger picture things happen. Kudos to Gamecock Athletics for putting big Gamecock weekend together. Kudos to the football staff for putting on an incredible spring game. Shame on the person who announced the official attendance for the spring game. Lazy is the word that comes to mind. So, that being said, who cares about attendance? Well, some of us do. And let's talk about the game. I loved from right off the bat, you could see it, us in the stands, people watching on TV, the emotion from the players. The fact is these guys wanted to play in the spring game. They didn't look at it as just another scrimmage. They looked at it as a game. The fans amped them up. You could see it if you watched the replay. Spencer Rattler was jumping up and down. He was so excited to be out there in front of 40,000 Gamecock fans. The emotion was running wild, and that's something that stood out to me was the passion our players had to play in front of their fans that Saturday night, which I keyword in on night. I think that we need to stick to that night game for here until the end of Beamer's time because that was a perfect setup throughout the day that led you into the night. And while we had some nice cool temperatures, I don't think in – The coming years that we might get as lucky, so having a night spring game is always welcomed. The first drive, Rattler competed two passes, had one incomplete pass. What I saw from him, good accuracy, good backdoor throwing. Again, this was going to be a very vanilla game, but overall you're just trying to look and see, is the team sloppy? How are they executing on plays? And what I saw from Rattler in that first series Able to complete a couple passes, unfortunately a three and out, but promising in the fact that ball placement and where he needed to put the ball was correct. I thought that Luke Doty on his first drive did a really good job, connected on a big pass to Josh Van. There was a couple hard, hard runs by Marshawn Lloyd, and I thought Rashad Amos did a pretty good job when he was in there on that first drive of really getting to have a little wiggle to him and making things happen when he had the ball in his hands. We were able to get a nice field goal kicked by Mitch Jeter, which we know losing Parker White. It's tough when you lose the all-time leading scorer because we as Gamecock fans always have to cross our fingers and pray that we make an extra point. 
With Parker White, we didn't have to do that too much. Mitch Jeter kicking that first field goal, getting really comfortable. Felt really good to see that happen. The next possession for Rattler, we open up with a 25-yard pass to Xavier Leggett, a guy I think is going to be a big-time playmaker for the Gamecocks this coming season. He's been one of my breakout guys the past two years. Unfortunately for injuries and things, it hasn't happened. But I do think he's a guy, when you're pairing him with Juice Wells and Josh Fan and Rucker and a lot of weapons that we have on the outside, that he could be a guy that can step up and make some plays. I do want to talk about the pocket that Rattler had during that second drive. I think our offensive line did an excellent job of creating one of those nice little horseshoe pockets that gave Rattler enough time to scan the field, get really dig deep, step into throws. So kudos to the big uglies and doing that for him. Juice Wells, number three, caught my eye, catches the ball well, knows where to go with the football, secures it, things that you want to see out of a playmaker coming in here. I thought CBS, Christian Beal Smith, did an excellent job with catching the ball out of the backfield, great hands, hard-nosed runner, got a touchdown in the second quarter for the team Rattler. I just there's there's just a lot of positive things that you could take away in regards to the playmakers on the offensive side of the football. When you look at where we were at two years ago and even last year to now where we're at, it is night and day. I've had a lot of people reach out to me and say, what's the biggest thing that stood out to you in regards to the spring game? And knowing how vanilla it was going to be with the play calling, it's just the amount of playmakers. I mean, Jaheim Bell, we didn't even bring him up because he didn't play in the game. He's another guy that's going to be able to make an impact. Austin Stogner. We've got literally weapons all over the place. And quite frankly, I don't know if there's enough balls to go around to enough of these playmakers that we're going to have. So that's a good thing. That's a positive thing to have. I think on the defensive side of the football, I saw great uh, positive things from our edges. Strong, Birch, getting pressure, sealing out the outside, doing things, making people run horizontal really staying in their lanes, doing their job, setting the edge. We need to have a great pass rush this year. It's going to start with those two guys and then the guys up in the middle, the Sandages, the Huntleys, the Pickens. They're the ones that are going to have to clog it up and give our linebackers a nice clean lane of opportunity to make an open field tackle, clog those holes. We need that to happen. I'm pretty bullish on our defensive line and our secondary, bearish on the linebackers. I got to see some guys step up. I think Debo Williams over on that side of the ball, Sherrod Green. There's some good things. There's some good playmakers there. Ultimately, we're going to have to have guys step up and play better than they have before. Glad I think Sherrod Green was having an excellent start to the year before he got hurt last year, so it's great to have him back. But the linebacking core is one thing I'm going to need to step up this fall. Unsung hero of the game, Chad Terrell. He's been with the program five years now, finally stepping up. He made a couple big catches and big plays, so it was good to see him get an opportunity to ultimately showcase his talent because he did come in with some high hopes many, many moons ago. If you look at the rest of the game, I mean, there's a couple good takeaways. A lot of, again, just aggressiveness from our defensive side of the ball. You're not going to be able to see too many big thumping, but I thought we tackled well. For the most part, our running game 
A lot of hard-nosed running backs. I feel really good about where we're at in regards to that side of the football. Juju McDowell able to take the ball, make some big plays. I pointed it out earlier on Twitter, but I thought Travion Keenan did a hell of a job with a pull block that was able to spring Juju for roughly, I think it was like 20 yards. So just positive things all around. I think that the word that comes to my mind leaving the spring game is playmakers. We've got a lot of playmakers on the offensive side of the football. I feel like we've got depth at quarterback. I thought Braden Davis did a good job stepping up in the pocket, letting it rip for one of those throws that actually Keenan ended up scoring a touchdown. Because at the end of the day, what I saw from him was what I saw from a second-year Luke Doty. So if he's going to come in there with that type of aggressiveness, be able to step up in the pocket, plant, throw, hit him on the money, great arm strength, quick release, it's good to know that we've got quarterback depth. Spencer Rattler, starting quarterback. Doty, the backup. But then you got a guy like Davis. got Tanner Bailey coming in there. Colton Gauthier. I mean, there's just – there's a treasure of riches at the quarterback position that we haven't had in a long, long time. So two key words, playmakers, depth, something we haven't had in years past. Excited, excited, excited to see what this offense can do in the fall. I'm also excited to welcome a couple diehard Gamecocks that started one of the hottest things, like I said, east of the Mississippi since sliced bread the Gamecock Bourbon Society. Let's hear them. All right, CB90 fans, we've been talking about them all episode, and they are finally here. I'm excited to introduce GC, the founder of Gamecock Bourbon, and also Paul Miles. So, gentlemen, welcome to Cox by 90, episode 64. How y'all doing? Good, man. Appreciate you having us. Yeah, doing wonderful. I appreciate you having us on. Absolutely. So, for first-time listeners, long-time listeners, I've got two gentlemen from Gamecock Bourbon, a Twitter account that's absolutely exploded and taking Gamecock Nation by storm. So if you want to start us off, GC, you want to give us a little background about you and how you got uh, everything kick-started? Absolutely. So this started uh, really by accident. Um, I happened to be on Gamecock Twitter, which you know is a very – sometimes volatile place, very passionate place and made a lot of great friends through Gamecock Twitter. I was trying to figure out a good way to start to connect and build a little more community with some of the people, especially like in the off season, you know, during football season, we can connect easily during basketball season, depending on how things are going, we may connect pretty well or baseball season. Um, But especially in those dead months of the summer. So I was trying to think of like, what would be a good, a good opportunity for people to really get connected with something maybe outside of the sport. So that way we could continue our conversation. Um, I'm a passionate bourbon enthusiast. I've been to the bourbon trail multiple times. It's something that is just really a, a big part of, of what we do on weekends, going to sit at the allocation Saturdays and wait in line for things. And so I tweeted this random idea of what would it look like to have a Gamecock bourbon club? Just out of curiosity, if anyone would be interested, uh, really, honestly, my, my thoughts would be that we might get 10, 12 people that would be interested. I'd probably invite them over to my house. We'd have a, you know, a really short, small sampling and then go on from there. Um, I think it was when Mike Yuva tweeted it and said, hey, I'd like to be a part of this. And all of a sudden, that 
simple tweet got, you know, three or 400 likes and views and it just continued to grow from there. And finally I was like, wow, maybe this is a real legitimate thing. I put some wheels to it and then it took off from there. It's been three months and now we are exploding through the roof and people like, like Paul, he's one of our garnet sponsors. He came on, he helped us throw in an outstanding event at bourbon on Maine. And because of people like him and the support that, I mean, even you, Jeff, people that you give us this support and this platform, we've been able to not just promote bourbon, but also to build like a, a legitimate community of people who are feeling more like family than just friends. I mean, talk about literally when we talk about exploding, I, I just had to pull it up right now. So you are all on the track to the quest for 3000. You're at 2,924 followers. Your backdrop has the five point screen, follow Gamecock bourbon on Twitter. I mean, when you're talking about taking literally the bull by the horns and taking Gamecock nation by storm, you've absolutely done it. Paul, tell us a little bit about your uh, background, you know, coming up and uh, you know, your Gamecock history. Oh, shoot. I guess it started with wearing a number nine in the 80s, Todd Ellis. That's that's when it started. My dad graduated in 75. My my mom's sister, not long after that. I've got a brother and a sister who are, uh, who are alumni as well. But I'm an 07 grad. I've got a degree in history. Um, worked in the uh, restaurant industry for quite a while. Helped a James Beard, award-winning uh, chef, opened up a live fire restaurant in Birmingham, Alabama called Ovenberg. And uh, once uh, my little boy started to come along, we decided we wanted to raise him back here in South Carolina. So that's when I got into real estate. So now I'm with Caldwell Banker um, and uh, living in Aiken, South Carolina. Got a, got a great following of Gamecocks here in Aiken County. So just wanted to be able to represent them. But you know, I saw I saw the Gamecock Bourbon Society just grow from I want to say I was one of the 40th or 50 members and overnight it was a thousand five hundred and then it just turned into this massive, massive thing. And I, you know, I can't thank GC enough for putting it together. So, yeah, tell us a little bit about that, too. So Garnet sponsor, what does that mean? Well, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, I wouldn't put a number on it or anything, but really just we wanted to make sure that there was some fantastic bourbons, allocated bourbons, unique things, whiskeys to taste for, for all these, um, these people that were going to come drive from where they live to, uh, to our event on Friday. Um, I certainly don't want to take any, um, uh, how can I really put it? Uh, GC and, and, and a lot of other people are the ones behind the scenes. I just simply was able to help them, um, uh, I guess put all that, all those wheels into motion because she knows everything like this takes money. So that's sort of where I came in. All right. So you just kind of gave us a, uh, so you talked about that special event. I'll tell you all, if you all hadn't heard about it, it was the, might've been the event heard across Twitter, across East of the Mississippi. I don't know if you could have missed it, but uh, this past Friday night, Gamecock bourbon at bourbon right there on main street, right before the spring game, through one heck of a party. So I know that kind of led you to talk a little bit about the Garnet sponsorship and about that event. But, GC, tell us a little bit more about that event, maybe who showed up, um, because I know there were some surprises there and uh, would love to hear about it. Yeah, let me just first off say thank you to Jeremy Smith. Um, he has come on as such a terrific partner. Uh, he's, he's really more like a consultant of ours. 
He helped really put the wheels on this event specifically. He and our engagement coordinator, Garrett Daly, Miss Hopkins, who is a legendary Twitter uh, Gamecock user herself, um, Evan uh, at Tito's and Chicken. There's a lot of people that kind of were behind the scenes to put this on. We also want to say thank you real quick to Christian at Bourbon on Main for, for really knocking it out of the park with the venue space and everything that we had there. Um, so basically, we just wanted to get everybody together to do a bourbon tasting. We had Steven Garcia as our special guest. He got stuck in traffic, so he didn't get there until late in perfect Steven Garcia fashion. Um, but when he was there, the party started. He, you know, hung out afterwards, made sure that everybody had their photos and, I, you know, autographs, everything taken care of. Um, we had Preston Thorne and Langston Moore as our MCs for the event. They were terrific. Couldn't have been better. I mean, absolutely great guys. You know that they love Gamecocks. You know that they're passionate about things like literature. Um, just real quick, my background, I am an English professor. And so just being into the field of literature and seeing what they're doing for reading in the state of South Carolina was tremendous. Um, but we had a couple surprises. Uh, we had sent out a note to a couple of the coaching staff, and we didn't know if they were bourbon guys or not. Um, but we had uh, Coach Limbo came out. We had Coach Jimmy Lindsay, which he is officially. I know everybody loves uh, Coach Beamer. I love Coach Beamer, but but Coach Lindsay is officially my favorite coach. Not only does he lie, and I'm gonna lay it out. He is my favorite coach. He has a an outstanding bourbon collection. Um, he come and talks to me. He said, anytime you want to talk football, that's fine. I'll talk football with you. But if you ever want to talk bourbon, just let me know. And I was like, that's the kind of guy that I like to hang out with there. Um, Coach Torian Gray showed up. It was nice to have him out there as well. And really the big surprise was um, our, our new defensive coordinator, Clayton White, showed up. And he was one of the first people there. I jumped in. I went and had a photo with him. My knees were shaking. I was like, wow, I'm meeting a celebrity right now. But he couldn't have been nicer. So it was really, honestly, it was a great surprise to have all of those coaches out there. I, uh, when I started seeing the pictures, I mean, again, because that night it was flooding Twitter in regards to who was showing up. And for me, it was like, who's going to be the next one that pops up, right? You see almost half the coaching staff there. You know, I knew you already had Garcia lined up, but I mean, that was a heck of an event that you all put on. What kind of, you know, I saw some people, I was able to donate uh, my Cox by 90 hat to you all, but what kind of stuff did you all give away there? Because there was a lot of people that were ranting and raving about things that they were able to uh, win in the giveaways. Well, I think the big one that you could appreciate, um, it wasn't, it, it was one of the most popular for sure was the, uh, the Halls gift cards. And I know you can appreciate that. Um, so, so they were very generous to donate us a couple of Hall's gift cards and people were crazy about that. Um, besides that, I think the largest one or the one that had the most popularity, um, his Twitter name is John the Greek. Uh, he's John from Winston-Salem. He's an amazing guy. He donated some game used Alshon Jeffrey signed gloves that he had framed with a signed photo and, when I say he had this framed, he didn't just go to Hobby Lobby or the thrift store to buy a frame. He had it professionally framed with a Gamecock frame that was beautiful. And I don't know why he was so generous to give it to us, but all I can say is thank you, John. You made somebody extremely happy that day. Um, besides that, we had a lot of other great sponsors that gave some amazing gifts. I think we had so many giveaway door prizes that honestly, maybe we had too many. It kind of, it kind of slowed down the event a little bit to try mm -hmm. to get all the giveaways there. But I think everybody attending was pretty happy to win something.
Let, let me jump in there for a second because, you know, you say that there were too many giveaways. I don't think there can be too many giveaways. <laughs> I, I saw, I, there, were, there were people starting to, I guess, getting to know each other because, you know, when, when we were looking to see what was going to be coming up next, you were happy for some person you never met that got something. And, you know, I got lucky. I don't win anything. And the shoe chef, that was awesome. I won a $300 gift certificate. Um, a, a gentleman, uh, a local guy who's, who did Dawn Staley shoes. He, a one-off shoe, uh, shoe. Well, I guess he's a cobbler. I don't know, but he, he, <laughs> he does a custom pair of shoes for Dawn Staley for the United States Olympics. So I'm looking forward to collaborating with him on, on my new kicks. And then just a quick note about him. Um, the original shoe chef, OG shoe chef, you got to check him out. Not only did he do uh, Dawn Staley's Olympic shoes that she wore. If you look them, you know, you Google them up, you'll see the shoes that he made. But he is also the one that did our very popular leather patch hats. Mm-hmm. Everybody's been asking about these hats. Everybody wants them. Um, the reason that they're so limited is that they are handmade. And so he is taking care of all of that, doing it himself. And so not only is he, you know, a cobbler, <laughs> as Paul said, but he's doing some of our, our amazing merch. So make sure you show some love to him for sure. Absolutely. I know a couple of my um, DB's bourbon trail, right? We were able to meet up and, you know, donate a couple of bottles of bourbon. And then even my guy, Coastal Marsh Creations, he sent me a picture of the oh, state wow. uh, woodwork that he did. And I was like, Gamecock Bourbon got all these guys. And that just showed me, and I know you were talking about Jeremy, but I mean, you guys, you know, I loved it. You were, I mean, I love aggressive people that are hitting the ground running, trying to put their heart and soul and everything into something. And, and there's no doubt that you all did that, especially with this event, because again, talking about Jeremy behind the scenes, getting messages from him and you to make sure that you all were putting on one of the best events, you know, possible that everybody there could really appreciate. And, you know, I think that I can speak for the rest of Gamecock Nation that what I saw from the outpouring of support and gratitude from everybody from that night, um, you guys just literally knocked it out of the park. So I know a lot of more Gamecock fans that weren't able to make it are going to be looking forward to you all announcing the next one, hopefully here in the coming months. Because like you said, when it's downtime in Gamecock sports, it's good to talk about something other than, um, you know, it's tough to bring up the Yardcocks right now and obviously basketball <laughs> getting out. You know, she were national champions in women's basketball, which is great. But this summer when we really start talking about – uh fall practices and, you know, getting up to football, leading up with another uh, Gamecock bourbon event might be something that everybody else uh, could really get excited about. What, uh, so you all had the event Friday night and then that carried over into Saturday and to another little event before the spring game. Yeah. So I don't know where it got pitched. Um, Someone said, is there going to be a tailgate? I think this is about two months ago. And remember, we've only really been an organization, a club, community, whatever you want to call it, for three months. And I think it was two months ago, someone started pitching the idea to do a tailgate. Um, because we knew, even before we had announced our bourbon bash, we knew that we were going to be putting a lot of funds into that. Um, we didn't want to commit to two really large you know, monetary events that were going to cost a lot for us. And so we had very generously um, from, you know, infamous Gamecock fans, Tim and Melissa Packer, they donated their spot in the Garnet Society. Tremendous, outstanding venue. It was wonderful. It was perfect weather. Everything went flawless for that. Um, But we really kind of teased it as it's a 
BYOB. It's your bring your own bourbon. Um, I'll bring mine. Some other people bring theirs. We'll sample everything. Um, it turned into something a little bit more um, when the guys at the Lexington Cornhole League decided to throw a cornhole tournament. And don't ask Paul and I about how that went uh-huh. because no. we paired up. Um, <laughs> you know, I used to be good or at least think that I was good at it. I thought maybe Paul was great at it. And then <laughs> when, when I threw my first bag and didn't hit anything, I was scared because I was like, man, I'm about to let this guy down. And when I seen that he also was not very great, I was like, wow, we are a perfect <laughs> pair. <laughs> but no, we, we, we had a lot of fun, and we had some outstanding bourbon samplings. I mean, Paul brought some great stuff himself. Um, one guy I want to mention is Patrick. Um, he is outstanding. He brought some legitimately great, rare stuff. And so it was cool to just get everybody together and have fun. I uh, I got to peek over there and have a good little time for a while there. And that Garnet Society lot is absolutely incredible. You're right. I mean, that I don't, if you're tailgating, that's about the closest and best spot potentially. That's pole to, position. To right where you <laughs> want to be. So I uh, I had a good time. You know, again, the, it was almost like the celebrities of Gamecock Twitter were out there. You had Kirk Hollingsworth, you know, the USC. You had Mrs. Hopkins. I mean, everywhere you turned, you know, where you were fist bumping and, you know, handshaking somebody new. I think that's what's cool about, you know, it can be volatile at times, but Gamecock Twitter <laughs> is really fun to be able to interact with outside, you know, of that platform because you all, everybody is, there are real people behind those keyboard tweets and those thumb taps. So yeah. it's always good to put a face with a name and I had an absolute blast doing that as well. And I just think, you know, again, in a little month, you know, under three months time frame, you all were able to put together an outstanding event at Bourbon put together a heck of a tailgate that a lot of people had a good time with and are continuing to make impacts in regards to, I think announced today, right? Books and bourbon that you all are going to be doing. So, I mean, you all are just continuing to absolutely crush it and bringing Gamecock fans together, which is something I can respect, right? I know you had mentioned um, you had reached out to me before. I love passionate Gamecock fans. I love Gamecock fans that are trying to make a difference and bringing Gamecock fans together, building a community. And that's one thing I saw on you guys, which is what I absolutely love and excited about the future and what you all are going to be able to accomplish, you know, with Gamecock Bourbon Society and everything else that you continue to add on and to the future. I I do want to share about that. I mean, that's that's such a cool story because um, I think I I shared it on my, my personal Twitter, Twitter account but I posted about this on my Facebook page and, you know, I, it's a private page. It's basically just my family members and supposed to be close friends. And I had nobody show any type of support. And so I throw it on Gamecock Twitter where I really don't officially know many of these people. And I was absolutely floored by the amount of support and continue to su- continue support by people and, you know, I'll be honest, you were one of the first guys that I reached out to. I reached out to you because I think it was asking something about merch. You gave me the answer and then you went a step above. And for those of you who don't know, I thought, you know, I had like 200 followers. My idea was to do a you know a Buffalo Trace giveaway. But, you know, when a random account's doing a giveaway, there's not a lot of legitimacy to it. But by you putting your name, Cox by 90, on that giveaway you really cemented sort of what was our foundation where people believed it was a legitimate thing. And then from there, the trajectory was just up, up, up. And so I just want to say thank you for honestly taking a chance on us and what we were doing 
And just know when people say, oh, I was one of the first ones there, Cox by 90, you were actually the first one to put your name on it for us. And we are so thankful. And that's, that's the reason I wanted to do this podcast with you. JC, I appreciate that. And again, I can just, you know, I can feel the emotion. I feel the love. I feel the excitement that you are bringing to Gamecock Twitter, right? I see that a lot there, but I think that now you're putting words and tweets into action with events and things. And that's, again, when you hear me and my foundation of why I started Cox by 90, yes, I'm an excited Gamecock fans. Yes, I might get um, a little excited about putting some bets in on the Gamecocks every Saturday to think they're <laughs> going to cover the spread. But one thing I really, really get excited about is building a Gamecock community where the brand the Gamecock brand is constantly being talked about, constantly being in your view every single day. And I say that because not only does it help with brand awareness, but when you're linked to a brand and you want to put money and time behind a brand, ultimately, I believe that it could help lead over into more donations. It can lead into more Gamecocks getting together and saying, an event like we just had this past Saturday with that tailgate, hey, I want to go to more games this season to not only be a part of that, but then also it leads into, shoot, buying tickets for the Gamecocks because you're building that community and building things that ultimately are bigger than you're not just yourself, but the school. And so I think that that's where I see the vision going. And when you're bringing those Gamecocks together, one of those common denominators is, hey, we're Gamecocks, and that could lead to bigger and better things because you have the NIL out there where you're going to be able to have an opportunity to you know, compensate our players for name, image, and likeness. You have the Gamecock, you know, just in regards to being able to donate to the Gamecock Club. There's just a number of different things, but when you bring all these Gamecocks together and ideas start happening, I think that that's where we can be, be really dangerous. So um, that's what uh, excites me about you all and about the continued events that we can look forward to hopefully down the line and the collaboration together. I will say this too, and talking about any upcoming events, do you all have, you know, any ideas about in the summer months or anything upcoming that Gamecock fans can look forward to? Yeah. Um, and I, I want to just mention one last thing as we kind of cover that, that we do have a big announcement and it is thanks to, to people like Paul who believed in us and, not just put his put his name out there, but but put his put his wallet out there for us. Um, we we started with nothing, and because of people being generous and believing in us and, and willing to take that step, um, we're able to do more, and we're going to continue to do more. And so, thank you to Paul for sure. Make sure you guys show him all kinds of love. Um, I can't imagine if I was moving to Aiken, there's nobody I'd rather buy a house from than, than my buddy Paul. Um, I'm not going to invite him over for uh, for any type of beanbag tossing though. But no. you know, he'd come over. We could come over and drink some bourbon together. Um, no, but the the big one that I do want to announce, and I mentioned it in our newsletter, but I've never announced it officially, is that we are doing a uh, group barrel pick of Woodford Reserve. We just officially um, signed on that this past week. We're doing that with JNF Bar Supplies there in West Columbia. Actually, this Saturday, um, we're going to be going to JNF. Um, Paul, I'm going to invite you if you want to come out. Um, Jeff, if you can make it, you're welcome to in Columbia. But we're going to sample, I think, six or seven different barrels. We're going to make a pick together. Um, I, I got to get some permission before I can announce but we are going to have a special Gamecock-related guest who is making the pick with us. Oh. He is confirmed on it. I just don't know if he wants me to broadcast his name yet, um, but there will be someone affiliated with the athletic department of the Gamecocks, a big name, 
who is going to be out there sampling with us. And so when we're talking about getting a Gamecock Bourbon Society barrel pick, it is picked by Gamecock fans, picked by Gamecock athletic members. And so this is going to be a big deal. And then about eight or nine weeks, this thing's going to be ready for bottling. We're going to do a custom label, thanks to John Moore, our artist. And then we'll be able to get those out to you and they'll be available for purchase. Besides that, um, we are planning our next event, which is going to be in the Columbia area. And then right behind that, before the season starts, we're going to be moving to Greenville to do something in the upstate. Um, We haven't announced any of those details yet, but stay tuned. Watch our Instagram and our Twitter and we'll get those details to you soon. I love it. I absolutely love it. Need to get you down here to Charleston as well. I can get you something for that. So, hey, I appreciate all the time that you all have been able to come on. Paul, obviously GC, talking about the event, talking about the origination of the Gamecock Bourbon Society. And again, the Twitter account and just the absolute positive momentum that you all have is absolutely incredible. So before we close up here right quick, tell us where we can find you all, maybe on Twitter, if you have your handle or anything like that. Okay. Um, so Gamecock Bourbon Society at Twitter is just at Gamecock Bourbon. On Instagram, it's at Gamecock Bourbon. We made it as easy as possible. And if you're looking for a website, it is GamecockBourbon.com. So everything you need is just in that Gamecock Bourbon. Love it. And Jeff, I'll, I'm going to add something to you. You asked me about the garnet, the garnet level and whatnot, and something just came to me. A lot of that money uh, gets back into the hands of our athletes uh, through the NIL deal. So unlike Dave Sweeney, I do feel like our athletes should be, you know, compensated for their name likeness. Um, so that was a major part of it. When he told me that it was going to get back into the hands of our athletes, it was a, it was a, it was a go from there. Heck yeah. I love that. And that's, One thing, too, you know, NIL is going to be a game changer, and I think that opportunities where Gamecock fans can come together and talk about ways that we can continue to give that back to our student-athletes, I'm excited about that. So I appreciate you all giving us this time. Obviously, thank you, everybody, for tuning into this episode, and uh, follow Gamecock Bourbon on Twitter. Let's shake this place.